everyone. Welcome to Books Without Borders, the podcast where two people in different hemispheres come together to discuss our favourite things, books. I'm Emma. And I'm Nina. I have had a rough week. How's your week been? <laughs> you know, not not too great. It's not been bad, though. I can't complain. I mean, I just mostly... I'm just so tired, and school's hitting me pretty quickly this semester. Mm. I didn't get so much rest during the summer, so... I, like, already am, like, ready for the semester to be over. We're only one month in, but it's okay. <laughs> I think I just, uh, I'm feeling a little bit of homesickness, to be honest. Yeah. Um, which I didn't feel in the beginning of my college experience. I'm honestly feeling like it is growing as college has gone on. Mm. And it's not so much a homesickness for, like, a specific, like, my mom's house necessarily. It's just... Like, I really want to be in a place that I know I'm going to be building roots Mm -hmm. and establishing a home, you know? And I just know that I'm not going to be staying long-term in Italy and that I want to ultimately be in New York. So it's hard to, like, know that and know I can't start that for, like, two more years. Mm. But, uh, you know, I'll be back home, back in New York in December, which isn't too far away, and I'm trying to enjoy it things that are happening now my my friends and I are planning a study or are planning a <laughs> absolutely opposite of study we're planning fall break trip to Scotland mm-hmm. which should be very exciting yeah so yep, you mentioned that. that yeah so the uh so that that's going ahead then yes we just did a little planning session we booked our flights and our first Airbnb because we're going to do um, a little bit of town hopping. So we're going to start in Edinburgh and then go up west and north towards Isle of Skye. And then drive back and fly out of Edinburgh. Nice. That's the plan, at least. Nice, nice. Sounds good. So I'm just holding on to that, you know, as I'm exhausted and have, struggling to really be engaged in my classes. I'm like, okay, we have like three more weeks till break and that's the halfway point. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. How about you? What have you been up to this week? So this has been unfortunately a, a pretty bad week for me health-wise. So uh, I have spent at least four or five days since we last spoke just in migraine recovery mode, mm. which is not super fun. And now daylight savings has just hit here, which as much as it's extremely helpful for our recording times, because time zone-wise now it's slightly more convenient, I my body always takes ages to adjust to the new time. Mm. Even though I have no work or anything to schedule my time around, I still <laughs> struggle. I mean, the cats don't help because they, they know what time the sun comes up and down. But, yeah, the generally it's been a... a bit of a rough week and but we were speaking just before the recording started that you were having some issues with your tech today uh I also mm. have had some tech issues my favorite bluetooth headphones have died and no. well that they, they they work it's just that they won't charge which is not particularly helpful so now I can only mm. use them plugged in so they will be used exclusively for recording this podcast and for nothing else now And I had to shell out... Ever? Again? Well, I can't charge them, so they're going to be only able to be used wired, so... Wait, wait, why can't they charge? Like, they just won't. I think 
it, they're fairly old now, to be fair, but like oh, the, okay, um, the the charging port doesn't seem to be receiving. Like every now and again, it'll like blink for half uh. a second that it's received the signal, but it's just not. Yeah, it's just not sticking to right. the charge, which Damn. is a big shame because I love these. But that's okay. I shelled out. Fortunately, I have savings and I was able to shell out for another <laughs> expensive pair of Bluetooth headphones. But, you know, in the meantime, I am without noise-cancelling headphones because, of course, noise-cancelling only works if they can power on. <laughs> so, mm. oh, well. Right. But, you know, we, uh, we, we, sh- we soldier on. First world problems. <laughs> but, you know, when you... <laughs> when, and that's mm. what books are for yes to lighten up our week and have us give us something to look forward to definitely you know? did you manage to get any reading done while you were incredibly busy this week you know I actually did I didn't do much of it during this week but and I think I've said this before but like because I observe Shabbat mm. and don't do anything on Saturdays it's the day I read a lot nice. I just like probably got maybe 50 pages into my book throughout the week but then put down like 200 pages just lying around yesterday. Nice, nice. And then another 100 today. So I was able to finish a book, the one I started last week called Belzar. Mm. I actually discovered while reading the book that there is a different pronunciation or the name of the book is not actually pronounced that way, but I just really don't like the way it was pronounced. I also don't like when they like implement a new pronunciation or like maybe just identify the actual pronunciation of a major name in the book halfway through because I'm like already comfortable with the name I have I don't want to change it and the one that they changed it to or that they sort of identified it as I did not like it for some reason like (laughs) it just was too awkward so we're calling it Belzar uh, by Meg Wolitzer Mm -hmm. as I mentioned last week did I describe the plot of the book at all I don't think I did because I don't think think I knew the plot yeah no you hadn't you hadn't actually started it yet at that point, I don't think you were still right. you were still deciding between right. that and another one that was like the first in a trilogy, and then the third one's not out yet. Right, right. So I that the first in the trilogy book that was the name of the wind. That yeah, was my audio book for the week, and this was my physical book for oh, the okay, week. Oh, okay, cool. And this physical book, I don't have the desk jacket. I left it in. I left it at home back in New York, so I didn't have like a. Well, I could have probably looked up the descri- description online, but. It's okay, I'll describe it now, because I finished it and can actually like give you a proper review. So, I finished it. I didn't love it. I rated it kind of low. Mm. I rated it as a 3.25, unfortunately, mm. which is a shame, because it has a really nice cover, like a very satisfying, like, gray, but then neon yellow. Like, some reason it works, and it just, I thought the cover was really attractive, so it's always unfortunate to find a book that has a good cover and not a good content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, And it's not that the book's content was, like, strictly bad or, like, poorly written. It's honestly that, you know, and this happens a lot with the sort of mystery-ish novels I've been reading lately where there's, like, a reveal. And if the reveal doesn't go well, it kind of just ruins the whole book. Because I was enjoying the book and expecting it to be a solid, like, four-star, at least, I mean, 3.5, 3.75-star read for the majority of the book. The narrator, this is another YA, and so the narrator's voice had a touch of that sort of inauthentic adult writing mm. teen 
weirdness, but it wasn't so startling, and it was definitely, like, I was able to accept it and wouldn't have had such high criticism of it if that were my only issue with the book. But then what frustrated me was that there was this big reveal towards the end of the book that literally did not need to happen and made no sense Mm. and just complicated the book in a way that was unnecessary and confusing and sort of made the whole thing feel like well essentially it was a um you you discover that the narrator was not reliable which Mm -hmm. i i appreciate an unreliable narrator but if it it just came out of left field and it felt like that level of unreliability needed to be supported by some kind of hints throughout the book that she has some sort of difficulty or disorder understanding social cues or you know like it seemed like this was like a serious like she is not in touch with reality Mm. right and in order for me to really buy that she's not in touch with with reality I need to have seen that throughout the book Mm. in her other interactions and she seemed like perfectly in touch with reality I mean throughout the book in terms of like her new relationships because okay I didn't describe the plot, but the plot is that this girl, she's in high school, and she forms a relationship with uh, an exchange student from London. He's like the cute new boy, and they fall in love, and, or, you know, they, they only know each other for like 40 days, but he dies, and she's really traumatized because she was like falling in love with this person. It was like a new first love kind of experience. And of course, she's like utterly devastated. And it's so traumatic that her family decides to send her to this sort of boarding school for troubled teens where she encounters many other teens with various trauma experiences. And one of the first things that she discovers upon getting to this school is that she's been placed into this class, Special Topics in English, in which there's like a lore in the school about the students who take this class, how they always have some kind of mystical or spooky experience. You know, they become very close. Some like previous years of this class have created their own language or just like done things that didn't quite make sense Mm -hmm. right and so there's just like this mystery around the class and she's been placed in it she doesn't know why she doesn't know the other people in the class or what this mystery really means but she's going into this class and they have they all share a a mystical experience I think that is maybe where I should leave it in terms of spoilers and so there are a lot of mysteries going on here there's like this somewhat magical element of like where does this magic come from there's the element of like how did the boyfriend die? Like, you don't know for a lot of the book. And, I mean, he's a young person. He's not... He doesn't seem to have any, like, major illness that would make it make sense. I mean, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. So there's that mystery. Then there's there's also the mystery of, like, the traumas of her new friends and various other things, right? And so a lot of them had good conclusions and interesting plots to follow. But one of the major reveals was just so... I found it... It just didn't make sense. And that just made the whole mm. book kind of fall apart for me, unfortunately. Because uh, it was what, it, like, such an important reveal, I think. And like I said, it calls into question her reliability as a narrator. Which makes you think, like, should I be reading the entirety of this book through this like questioning lens of, like, is she reliable? But 
I really don't think, like, reflecting on the first two-thirds of the book, I don't think there was anything that indicated that she was telling the story unreliably, mm. at least the present tense story, right? So it was just a little, it was a little bit of a letdown, so I think I rated that one a 3.25. That is a shame. Isn't it? Yeah. It really is. But I had one other book that I was reading. Well, I didn't get too far into it, so I started The Name of the Wind, mm-hmm. and... It was tough because it just kind of, it's the kind of book that throws you into a scenario where there are just people who know each other and they're all like gathering around at a bar, at an inn, and they're telling stories to each other. And so you're a little bit like just thrown in there. Mm. And also, I believe it takes place roughly in England. And so they have pretty intense accents that I was actually having a difficult time following in the audiobook that I was listening to so maybe because I was like listening to it as I walked and there were noises on the street like it was definitely a two headphone audiobook but even then I was struggling so I've had to like re-listen to the first bit a few times and I'm not deterred from reading it but I just can't say I've gotten that far into it because I've had to reread quite a bit okay would you like consider switching to a digital, like, an ebook rather than audiobook of this one because of the accent issue? Maybe. Maybe. I definitely think that would help. What's hard is that it is a really long book. Mm. And I don't know. I have, I have what I think is enough physical books to last me at least until my mom comes to visit and can switch out some physical books for my library at home. Yeah. Maybe this is one that I should put off for the winter break and I can like rent it from the library or something and read it physically I'm not a big ebook person because I just my my eyes and the screens Mm. it doesn't work for me but if I can get it physically that might help more and I am a little bit tempted to switch to my alternative option which I think I described last week the book Babel mm. or Babel. Yeah. No one is sure about the pronunciation. It's a new book that just came out right. by R.F. Kang, I think, and everyone's been loving it. And that was sort of my other like big long audiobook fantasy-ish. Like I don't think it's magical, but it has like a dark academia mm. sort of vibe, which I thought would be nice for fall. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I've also been just having a lot of, like, service issues, Mm. so it's been hard to listen to audiobooks in my classrooms, because my classrooms just have terrible service, especially the art rooms, which is where I, I suppose that's where you don't need service, but it's where I need service (laughs) to listen, because that's when I listen and paint, and, you know, that's my process. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but hopefully I can iron that out this week. Maybe I'll give one more shot at... The Name of the Wind, because I am interested in it, and I want to see where it goes, but I don't want to, like, bog down my experience of mm. it because of the accent issue. Yeah. So I might end up switching to Babel. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a sounds like a good plan for, you know, trying a tentative move forward. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? How's your weekend reading been? I listened to so I finished listening to Black Cake which I'd only just started the last time we spoke and it was good it it didn't quite reach a a potential future reread status so it got a 3.75 not quite a 4 right it was so essentially it's about well it seems when you first start reading it like it's about like I said last time a girl uh, well a woman who 
is kind of estranged from the rest of her family and she's coming back after her mother has died. Her mother's left a kind of a long kind of voice message for her kids um, before she died that she wants them to listen to together, the two of them. And it's not actually about the daughter as much as I thought it was going to be. So like that's that's kind of a very much like a background plot. Mm. The, the main focus is actually on the mum's story. And it's essentially a family secrets kind of novel. So really difficult to talk about without spoilers, honestly, because like the whole book is just slow reveals. My it was quite good and the cultural elements were really interesting. There was a lot of a lot of discussion around food being so important as like a central part of culture and the black cake specifically as a reference to this uh specific cake that they have in I think it's well, the Carib- they, they just talk about the Caribbean generally, but I think in the author's notes at the end, she mentions that it's kind of vaguely based on her family history in Jamaica. And there's a lot of argument about whether it's a traditional food or not, because a lot of people are like, well, it kind of came from the idea of plum pudding, which of course was a, a you know, an import from the colonizers. And, um, you know, they just kind of have done a a little bit of a spin on it so is it really traditional food and that's kind of like a a theme that continues again as a background theme Hmm. but yeah it's it's mostly a family secrets being revealed kind of story my main kind of reason for it not quite reaching that you know even like not quite reaching a four is that everything was just a little too neat Hmm. like all the All the people involved were linked up too neatly over multiple decades in multiple countries. There were so many coincidences that were just not believable in a book that was, you know, you know, I I, I don't mind a a fun, a fun, like, oh, what are the odds of that in, uh, I mean, for example, spoiler alert, I'm currently just started reading Radio Silence and there's, Mm. it starts with a fun coincidence, but this is more like everything was it was it's it's it was a very realistic very well written family story and so it seemed like it should be realistic rather than a fiction book you know um, right. it seemed like it should be like being able to be read as almost a memoir kind of thing even though it's not and because i'd ha- so i think probably it was in contrast to the elena ferrante books i read earlier this year that that were so realistic in so many ways that it really just kind of it was it was fairly off-putting that everything just tied kept tying up too neatly there were things throughout the book that at the beginning of it you're like oh oh I wonder what's going on and then after about you know halfway three quarters of the way through you've then got the pattern of oh this is a nickname so this you know like there's all the way through like the People, there's there's a whole thing of people changing their names or using different names, and so you then kind of, as you figure out that that's what's happening, it's it's mm. just it becomes too easy to figure out what's going on then, and then you're kind of preempting the the reveal. There there were whole things of like family members being who who had been long gone for reasons I won't say because of spoilers. But, you know, there were things about long-lost family members just looking very super conveniently exactly like 
another family member so that when one family member sees the other one in an online video, they're like, that looks like they could be a family member of mine. And uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable read. I like, it was, it was a fun, well, not fun. It was a, it was, yeah, it was an enjoyable experience. Like it was written well, generally, like the writing was engaging, but just those elements of the story and the plot were just too convenient and it just didn't quite hit the mark for me. Sure. But it's still an enjoyable read. So, you know, it's still it's still a 3.75. It's it's kind of a, a good minus rather than a mere plus, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my finished book for the week. I didn't get any other reading done because migraine. Mm. And that was like a 12-hour long audiobook, which normally I would finish in a couple of days, but because... I couldn't concentrate for very long. I had to spread it out a lot. But yeah, last night while I was having trouble sleeping, I noticed that my library had released the digital copy of Radio Silence by Alice Oseman. And it is really cute so far. Good. Like her general style. I just, she's just such a, her writing is just so like light and cute and fun, even when it's about more serious topics. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. The representation that she puts in her books is done really smoothly. Like, it doesn't feel like it's being log jammed in there or anything. I keep I keep in my mind comparing it to the... Uh, what's, her, what's her name? Becky Albertelli or something like that. What did she write? She wrote... She wrote Simon and the uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, uh, which was turned into the movie Love Simon. Right, right. Um, I only saw that, the movie that, and did not love the movie, but that's it's not a great. I imagine yeah. the book is better. <laughs> it is, it is. But also, kind of looking back on that, I feel like if I'd had Alice Oseman in my life at the same point in time that Becky Albertelli was becoming huge. I definitely would have been picking Alice Oseman over that. <laughs> like, mm. I think it's the writing is just better, honestly. Like, and it, it 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 feels more current in a way, which is probably because the writer is so young herself, right? Because right. I think she's I think she's possibly either the same age as me or a little younger. I can't remember. I think she's I, like twenty seven, something like that. Okay, so around my age, yeah. So having someone writing in language that is exactly how the people my age actually talk is is you know it's it's quite nice like like you Refreshing. said that can be a problem with, yeah like you said it can be a problem with YA where you know authors are trying too hard to sound like teenagers but this is um, yeah Alice Osman does a fantastic job of just writing the way that people talk yep which I appreciate so I haven't got very far through Radio Silence yet but. I am enjoying it so far, and I'm looking forward to continuing my Alice Oseman binge. Amazing. I don't know why I have not gone to her novels yet. Like, for some reason, maybe because I want to, like, hold them as, like, precious. Like, I I don't want to sort of open up all the presents at once. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, So I might just be putting them off, or maybe because I'm still on such a Nick and Charlie hangover that the world is the the world that they're in but not the main character just doesn't draw me enough at this moment right, okay. but I do think that I will eventually get to it because I want to like be in that headspace more because it's just such a like a lovely place to be you know totally yeah absolutely that's that's one of the reasons why after I read Heartstopper I immediately put holds on all the library ebooks <laughs> it's interesting normally I opt for the audiobook but because 
I read Heartstopper as a web novel. I just couldn't bring myself to hear someone else's voice when I have been giving my own voice to the characters the whole time. And I've I, this is the same way I've done. I've done this with other series as well, where like if I have started it as a hard copy, I'm not going to be listening to the audiobook. Like, right. That's just... I don't know. I feel like it would be too jarring to halfway through the series be hearing these characters' voices in totally different voice. <laughs> like, maybe if I finish the series, I'll start again. Like, I mean, obviously, with Harry Potter, I've read it physical copy so many times, and then I've listened to the Stephen Fry audiobooks all the way through once, and they're just an absolute delight. I mean, it helps that Stephen Fry is such an amazing voice actor that it, all everything he's doing sounds exactly like what was in my head anyway, but... <laughs> I feel like I recently discovered that he's also a writer. Are you aware of this? Is this a real thing? Yes. Or did I? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were talking about it last week. That he. Um, oh, okay. Good. That yeah, yeah. That uh, Troy, uh, his his book Troy was the Greek mythology mm. thing that came up in our. Um, right. Yeah, he's written a few books about Greek mythology. He's written a lot of novels too, several memoirs or semi-memoirs like he's yeah he's a prolific writer yeah wow it's quite a lot going on there but yeah no I, I haven't read actually that much of his stuff but I except for the 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 Greek mythology books he's got another one coming out at the end of this month actually uh, end of October so I'm looking forward to that uh yeah so that's my currently reads I did not make any further progress on Winsept and interesting uh the Heartstopper slash Alice Oseman binges I've been doing in the last couple of weeks have completely distracted me from that so gotcha. I am not anticipating having read any more of that by next week either but we'll see <laughs> so since that's what you're currently reading I'll maybe jump into my current uh reads or upcoming reads for the week mm-hmm. for the new I, I sort of already decided or I sort of already described what I'm going to do for my audiobook I'm going to give one more try to the name of the wind but I didn't mention that I'm starting a new physical book as well mm-hmm. and it is the last of the sort of reading project that I've had about uh, YA novels about troubled teens. I think that's like the theme that I've been in lately. I've now read three books. I would count When, The Impossible Knife of Me- Memory, and Belts are all within that category and sort of all tangentially off of the Lauren Oliver binge I was on. And so I brought only one more book in that sort of place, and it's called The Graces by Laura Eve. And I believe this is sort of transitioning me, it's still YA, but I believe it's transitioning me away from the troubled teen perspective to a more fantasy sort of place, uh, which is exciting. I think, I mean, it's YA, so I have a feeling this teen is going to be troubled regardless. Like, that's just kind of YA standard. But I'm hoping to, like, transition my mindset, even though I'm still really enjoying this, this place, this sort of energy that I've been in, I'm transitioning the mindset toward my sci-fi project which I prefaced a few weeks ago and one of my sci-fi books is a YA so I think I'll go from this to that YA sci-fi and then into the other sci-fi books so planning this sort of smooth transition right again I don't have the sleeve for this so I don't have much to say about the plot which I of course could look up but maybe I'll just describe it better once I actually know what the plot is yeah the one thing I can say about this book is about its physicality, which is very intriguing. So not only does it have some really beautiful foil 
decoration mm. on the hardcover edition. It also is written in a dark blue ink. Oh. Like the words. And there are some sort of illustrations sort of on the chapter titles. They're not like intense. They're sort of just like standard chapter design styly things. But I thought that was very interesting. And I was curious how that might affect my reading of the book, if at all. And it has some fun other like styly illustrations Mm. inside the book. Um, I'm showing these pictures to Emma in our Zoom. Um, But... I'm, I'm intrigued by this, and I also feel that it is quite heavy of a book, which tells me that there are a lot of pages. There are, well, okay, actually not so many. There are 350. Maybe it's about. just thick paper. Yeah, it might just be. So I'm very interested. I mean, book design is quite interesting, and I'm excited by all these little elements to see how it might affect the reading experience. Cool. It's, this uh, is why I can't do ebooks. I need I need to appreciate <laughs> the physicality of the book in some way. I mean, that's just me. Plus my eyes and the screens and the mm. blue light. Uh, I, you know. I I usually prefer physical. Well, I used to prefer physical to ebook, but actually now that ebooks can be set to dark mode with a blue light filter, it's mm. actually really useful for me to be able to change font size because uh, often. Yeah. That's a significant issue for me. And also, when I've got a migraine, I can't read a physical book because that involves having a light on or (laughs) being in a bright space where I can read the book without hurting my eyes, whereas I can read a dark mode ebook usually even if... I mean, obviously, if my migraine is like a full-blown migraine, like in the middle of an episode, I can't concentrate on anything. But if I'm just kind of on the outskirts of it where I still need to be in a dark room... It is actually quite useful to be able to read something on a screen. And like like I said, like the technology has like inbuilt blue light filter- filtering and stuff now. Um, so oh, that nice. helps too. Definitely. Yeah. So I've, that's been a nice discovery been that, that I've had lately that um, the, the apps have started auto going, oh, your phone's on dark mode. Let me just match that. So that's been really good. But yeah, no, I, I do also have that same. I do love a hard copy of a book like as you can you know uh, let me just shuffle sideways so you can see the bookshelf behind me <laughs> I uh you know have quite a few but absolutely yeah more than me I think I downsized my shelves a little bit ago and I have very few books but I'm glad because I only ca- keep like the top tier books yeah I've actually been thinking of mostly inspired by so you you got me into watching Jack Edwards oh uh, yes and he on his side channel Jack in the Books uh which by the way is one of my favorite YouTube channel names ever (laughs) he has been doing a lot of like reorganizing of books and like yes creating extra TBR shelves and stuff like that lately and I have kind of been thinking like maybe it's time to finally because when I moved house now over a bit over two years ago I did think about using that as a chance to kind of skim my books back, but then I was so busy worrying about, like, everything else I would have to... Right. You know, all the logistics and everything else, that I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll just I'll just bring them all over. And unless and very occasionally I saw one that I was like, what? Why is this here? I don't want this. But, you know, mostly it's be... I just kind of brought everything with me, including a bunch of really outdated 
you know, books full of facts from when I was a kid that I now, like, I flipped <laughs> through one of those, the other, like, a, a, while, a while ago and I noticed at least, like, even just on a first flicking, like, that's out of date, that's out of date, that's out of date. So, like, there are some that I could definitely mm. get rid of. Uh, so maybe that... I, I say this like I ever have energy to do stuff like this, but who knows? Maybe Maybe I'll have one of those rare really good days and i'll be able to do that but not not in the short term probably but it could happen sometimes that kind of thing can be mind numbing you know if you don't have to do the physical work of like taking the books down and getting up and getting down to like move them it might be nice to just you know i i like to do it in a like reorganize my shelves by color or other fun things like that like if you can have oh, I your housemate I could not do that I need <laughs> no. to be able to I need to be able to find the books like if they're in color order I don't remember what color the mm. book I'm trying to read is and especially because I'm living in Australia like you look online the the default edition is not usually the one that right. was printed here so like I I don't know where I'm looking so I I I have considered that too cuz it looks really pretty but <laughs> I ju- the idea of not being able to find a book that I'm looking for makes me anxious to the point where like I have actually not only is my fiction all organized by you know alphabetical by author but all my non-fiction is organized by Dewey Decimal because I'm a nerd so wait, please. you know wait 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 back up what does that mean all my nonfiction books are, are organized using like the Dewey Decimal system like I looked up the Dewey Decimal numbers for every single one of my nonfiction books, like they do in the library. What? Uh, and, yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yes. So, <laughs> I have them. I have all my books Dewey decimaled. Um, are you crocheting right now? It, yeah. I was just playing with my crochet hook, and then I decided to pick up my project. I, I'm very much a multitasking crochet person, so don't worry. I'm not not distracted. No, no, no. No, I didn't mean it in like a crocheting right now. I meant it in like a, oh, are you crocheting right now? I, um, I do like, like I, to crochet. Nice. Uh, me too. I, 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 I can do crochet because it doesn't involve much, much movement. Knitting yeah. is beyond me. And really? now that I'm disabled, like my, my wrists would not, well, more, 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 more my shoulders. Like there's much more arm movement involved in knitting. Oh. Things that most people don't even need to think about. But like, right, right. I haven't yeah, even I bothered learning how to. It. Yeah, like knitting, I tried once and I didn't really like it anyway. Compared to crocheting, crocheting is just faster. Anyway, this is just a a, a tangent. <laughs> but I just I I saw I saw a crochet hook appear at the bottom of my screen. I was like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like I usually will crochet while reading if I can. And I guess we'll tra- we're talking about books, and so my mind was like, crochet. Nice. And I had it right next to me because I was reading earlier, so. Nice. Yeah, I usually do it when we're, like, watching TV or something. Right, right. So, it's nice. Yeah. It, like, it gives your hands something to do without, yeah, like, exactly. engaging your mind too much. Yeah, exactly. Although I think it'll give you an idea of where my body's at in terms of deconditioning, that my physio has had to teach me how to prepare to crochet because I turned up to her one week and I was like, so I started crocheting again after a long time and my wrist is now not behaving itself. Oh no. It, it, and she was like, yeah, no, maybe try a warm up, you know, do these kinds of motions before you. And I'm like, what is my life? I have to warm up before <laughs> I crochet. Like, never mind stretching before you exercise. No, no, no. <laughs> my body needs a warm up before I crochet. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Well, it makes sense. You know, wrist exercises are very important. As as an artist, I very much recognize mm. that. And I used to play cello, and so oh my god, really? And art, so many reasons. Wait, what? Even I play cello too. Oh, really? That's so awesome. What are the odds? I, yeah. It's a beautiful instrument. It Top used to be. Yeah, it used to be my main instrument. instrument. Yeah, it used to be my main instrument. Like I did, I did um, my like VCE music playing cello oh, sorry vce is very specific it's a, that's like the uh the upper years of high school like the final final exams kind of thing i did ah. um i did the yeah the music with with you know cello was my main instrument that's oh that's so cool we've got <laughs> I, get, I love discovering random things i have in common with you this is, yeah. this is a fun little crocheting you know, and cello. i would love to keep playing cello i only stopped in pandemic, ah. so it's pretty recent that I stopped playing cello, mostly because my previous college, I, so I originally went to the University of Denver, and then I transferred to this program in Italy, and the University of Denver has a, um, what do you call that? I want to call it a consortium, but it's not. It has a, when they have like a big music thing, I, I often forget this word, I feel like, it's, it's a word that doesn't seem like it would necessarily describe only like a mu- okay a music school in a university is called a oh a conservatory conservatory yep. thank you thank you yes they had a conservatory and so i was able to take like a one credit course that was like weekly cello lessons as part of my tuition oh which was nice cool yeah but nice. then my school out here in florence unfortunately does not have a music school and i don't know i guess taking the break that was 2020 and then mm. I just have so many things to do that I haven't like gone and rented a cello here but it's been something I've had on my mind a lot in the last year or so mm. so it might happen but again like it's so hard to like invest in these sort of structural changes in your life when it feels like well first of all I'm not here yeah. I'm not yeah. in any one place for a very long periods of time and secondly like I'm not going to be here in Italy for more than two more years. So, you know, I think that'll be something that maybe hopefully I can pick back up when I'm in New York and doing my master's program, assuming I get into the program in New York, which is the goal. Anyway, (laughs) future things, not book related. Of course, the people only care about books, so we should stop boring them with our personal Well, hey, look, I mean... (laughs) We both love listening to the Books Unbound podcast, and they quite often share little this is anecdotes true. This is very as true. they go. So, you know, I really hope we were finished talking about whatever the last topic we were talking about was, because I, I have no completely clue. forgotten. <laughs> uh, we, so wait, wait, wait. We were talking about we organizing talking our about bookshelves. That's, yes. That was Why one part we of it. about that? Because, um... um <laughs> um, it's okay let's just move on I think okay. I think I think we were done uh anyway there's nothing there's nothing pinging in my brain of like unfinished thought so hopefully we were done so I think that means we can transition into our added TBR TBR for the week yes uh, do you have any new hauls or TBRs I actually do let me pull up so I, I frequently go through this process of like looking through all of the authors I've read to try and see if there are any that I want to like keep tabs on for like new releases, mm-hmm. especially when I watch, 
Oh my gosh, it just came to me. We were talking about BookTube and Jack Edwards. At least yes. that was the step before bookshelves, because I'm about to talk about BookTube. So anyway, um, <laughs> I often, I enjoy BookTube videos that are about new releases, and I find that there are actually a lot fewer of them these days. They, mu- they were much more popular back in the day, and I think it's more popular nowadays to make YouTube videos about book projects or different sort of reading groupings. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, that don't necessarily have to do with advertising new books. I wonder if that has something to do with, like, publishing or booktubers refusing to get involved in publishing, or I really don't know what it is. I was actually quite surprised recently when I was looking up booktubers because I watched a Jack Edwards video and... He was like, oh, we just hit 1 million subscribers. We must be the world's largest book club. And I was like, okay, Jack, I love you, but... I don't know if you're the biggest booktuber. And I looked up a bunch of like the most popular booktubers I could think of and actually no one could top his 1 million subscribers. You're kidding. So he might be actually the most subscribed booktuber of the moment. I could be wrong on that, but just all of the ones that came to mind as like who I thought could possibly top him, especially because he's not an old, like he's not someone who's been around since the beginning. He's fairly new. Mm. I mean... In the, in the grand scheme of things, as a booktube enjoyer since, like, what, 2012? Yeah. You know what it might be, though, is that he is um, from... I, I, I'm not on TikTok, but he mentions BookTok a lot in his videos, so there's a chance that he's got a larger audience because he's very active there. That's true. So it might be that he's he's the start of, like, a new generation of booktubers, potentially. Yes, there's definitely a new generation, and I, I definitely think he's part of it. I think also he came from StudyTube. So in his earlier years, I think he was more of a, like, study-with-me YouTuber. Oh, um, okay. I didn't even know that and was like, a thing, but cool. Yeah, like the whole category of YouTubers who post a lot about their uni applications, where they get into college, <laughs> and like other academic-related things. Like that's a whole corner um, that I haven't delved too much into, but I remember getting into it when I was applying to college because they often will do like tours of their colleges or reviews of different colleges or <laughs> just like what they know from a you know personal perspective. And so I found that helpful at the time. I didn't find him at, at that point when I was looking into those videos, but I've heard him mention his previous experience as being part of StudyTube, <laughs> which I think he no longer identifies with. But um, I think that's where he got started. So maybe he carried an audience from there. Possibly. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. <laughs> I recently came across a booktube video by a booktuber I love. Her name is Monica Kim. She is so cute. Like, all of her videos are extremely aesthetically pleasing. Her whole life, her wardrobe, her bedroom, everything. It's just so, like, aesthetically minded, and I love it for her, and it's very pleasing to watch. And she makes a lot of videos about books as well as other things like video games and you know, she has a lot of, like, cozy reading vlog or cozy gaming vlog, um, and I appreciate those, especially during, like, study season when I just want to turn my brain off. So, recently, she did a video of new releases for the end of 2022 that she was excited for and looking forward to, and it reminded me how much I appreciate those types of videos because I don't see them as much anymore. Like, Jack doesn't really do them. A lot of booktubers, at least the new wave of booktubers, their sponsors aren't actually book-related sponsors. Like, I believe back in the day, 
all the sponsors i mean a lot of booktubers get sponsored by book of the month yeah. and that's a very common sponsor ad but um not necessarily by publishing houses and i think it was like back in the day more to do with publishing houses mm-hmm. because it was very common like almost like monthly or quarterly or something like that you would get all of these videos of how everyone feels about the upcoming releases which upcoming releases are you most excited for type of thing mm-hmm. and i just don't see those kinds of videos as much these days so when I saw that I was kind of excited and I wanted to look back and check out the authors that I have really loved their writing uh, or the authors who wrote books that I top rated Mm. in my story graph and it kind of shocked me I have a lot of authors who aren't producing books either because they're like dead or old or whatever Mm. or because they just I guess they just are satisfied with where they are in their career and don't need to make more, you know? Like, I don't have a lot of, like, continuously publishing or prolific authors in my TBR. So coming back to the TBR discussion, which is where this all started, the one author that I did add a bunch of books to my TBR from is Sean David Hutchinson, who Mm. is the author of... At the Edge of the Universe? At the Edge of the Universe, that's it. Yeah, Um, Yeah, you mentioned that one in the card a lot. (laughs) Exactly. That was a recent read that I really appreciated, and it just turned out that he has a lot of books that he's published. Nice. And I'm curious about them because a lot of them have, like, LGBTQ labels, and I appreciate queer literature. So I added a few just to throw some names out there. I added Before We Disappear, The Apocalypse of Elena Mendoza, a complicated love story set in space, and one of his most popular books, which I'm very excited to read as, um, you know, as it is his most popular book, and I was interested in one of his books at least, is We Are the Ants. Mm-hmm. And that one has a very nice cover as well, so I recommend looking that one up. In addition to him, he was the only author, in fact, that I found with any, really, books to add to my TBR or upcoming books like I went and checked people's websites too to see if they had like upcoming releases and quick uh, critique of Storygraph which I am not sure if this is an upcoming feature or maybe a feature of the uh, extended like plus version but in Goodreads you can see when you click the link that is listed under the title as the sort of series Mm -hmm. so when it says like the name of the book number one or number two or whatever you click that link and it takes you to all the books in that series Mm -hmm. for goodreads it shows you also books in that series that haven't come out yet i think the same is for um if you click on an author and see all of their books you see books that haven't come out yet but have name releases Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's just because i haven't found one or if they don't have that feature but it's just not apparent on storygraph there are some there are some i've i've seen Storygraph is also less specific with publication dates. Right. So I feel, so like the ones I have seen just say like name and then like the year that it's going to be published. But um, I have seen a couple. I think probably they're mostly, I think, well, I mean, Storygraph is not owned by Amazon like Goodreads is and therefore doesn't have access to a giant database of everything as easily so like I I think it's more you know like human input right so I think that's probably why it's not quite as up to date but I also have sent update requests to them and they've responded yeah like with personal like real people yeah 
I, at least it seemed like a real person emailing me. So I think they're pretty responsive about this kind of thing. And I would be curious, maybe we'll do this as a segment or I'll do this as a segment for our podcast to see what kind of perks the plus subscription comes with and see if it's actually worth it. I mean, I don't see myself subscribing and paying for Storygraph like as a regular thing, but I would be, you know, interested in maybe trying it out as a review, you know, for our viewers or our listeners, I should say, not viewers. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, if you're willing to do that, then why have not? at it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. Um, I'm almost, almost done with my TBR, but that was a long-winded way to say. I've added a bunch of Sean Hutchinson books. Mm-hmm. And then, in addition, I added two others. One is called Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Sue Lin Tan. Mm-hmm. And I don't know too much about that one. It seems to be like a fantasy folklore inspired story it just i remember seeing it in a booktube video and being intrigued Mm -hmm. and the other one is inkheart uh which i think is an older middle grade yeah it says published in 2003 it's an older middle grade series um that i think a lot of people might have read when they were you know younger that's Mm. like a part of nostalgia for some people um but i was intrigued by it because it's a fantasy world that involves book magic like book related magic and i i love a good book related magic (laughs) so i was um recommended this recently by just a friend and decided to add it to my list cool sounds good what about you any tbrs to report yes i have a few so first one was uh, mentioned in a Jack Edwards or Jack in the Books, I think it was a Jack in the Books um, video. It's called She and Her Cat by Makoto Shinkai, which and it's translated by um, Ginny Tapley Takamori, who's the same person who translated Convenience Store Woman. Hmm. So, you know, I know going in that I'm already going to like that kind of style because, you know, translators do kind of have their own style in terms of how they're interpreting. Honestly, it's such an underrated profession, like the um, p- people being able to translate fiction stories. Like, it's it's because there's a whole extra element that doesn't come into play when you're just, like, translating nonfiction or whatever. Anyway, that's absolutely that's Absolutely. I actually have a friend who is majoring in uh, Chinese and Spanish. Mm with the ultimate goal of literary translation. Awesome. Very uh, intense endeavor, honestly. I'm, like, struggling with just Italian, and I live in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Some people people really have a knack for languages, and I am jealous of those people. Right. But anyway, yeah, this book, uh, She and Her Cat, basically, from the way Jack described it, it sounds like it's narrated by a cat. And I'm all up for that. Wow. So that that was what I wanted. Like, the cat is, like, the nar- the narrative voice. And I have read one other book like that in the past. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, I own it, but I just I can't remember what it's called right now. Editor's note, that book is The Travelling Cat Chronicles by Hiro Arikawa, translated by Philip Gabriel. But I really, I remember that being, like, a really fun experience. <laughs> so I just, I was like, okay, I'll read another one of those. Why not? I have a recommendation for you. Yeah. I have a cat narrated book recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> this very specific niche. Okay, it's called Penny. And it's a graphic novel memoir. Memoir of this one cat. 
and I imagine it's written by the cat's owner, you know, <laughs> pretending to be the cat's memoir, and it's so freaking cute, and I got it from the library because, um, as you as you know, my last name is Penny, mm. and I have a cat, and the cat in this book looks just like my cat, and even though my cat's na- name isn't Penny, like, I guess her implied last name is Penny because she's part of her family, and... I remember showing this to my mom and literally I think it's currently like 15 days overdue at the library because she refuses to give it back. <laughs> she just wants to own the book. And I'm like, okay, we can buy the book, but let's not rack up library fees <laughs> for me over here. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm looking it up in your rent. So it's very cute. I highly recommend it. It's a beautifully written. It's very philosophical. Um, it's all about this cat's like deep thoughts about life and captivity and i i highly recommend it's an easy quick read graphic novel very enjoyable i can't find it in your red books on Storygraph because obviously i can't i mean i can't just look up penny because nothing's coming up for that it's just coming up with Mm, a whole bunch mm. of authors who have that name in there somewhere (laughs) let me let me grab the the author name for you um it's possible i didn't report it that would be weird though Cause I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty into the reporting. Like every time I finish a book, I'm like, ah, I can check it off my list now. Yeah, but yeah. It I looks was, like I might not have. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Or you know, sometimes I add it as a red book, but I don't put the date in, or like I don't add the date as today, and so then it gets lost mm. in the timeline. But no, I just looked it up, and I do not see it. Penny. Yeah, I'm googling it now. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Penny by Carl Stevens. Carl Stevens, that's it. Cool. You will love this. I know you will love this. Sweet. I am. I wonder if you can read it on like Webtoon or something, or maybe your library will have it. I don't know. It might be like a small author. I will. I will find a way. Please do. Please do. I think you will highly enjoy. Awesome. Anyway, getting back to the rest of my TBR. <laughs> yes. I've also added. Um, a book that Jesse the Reader recommended mm. in one of his videos. So you've you've got me going down a booktube rabbit hole. That, by the Love way, it. thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, so it's called Mika in Real Life by Emiko Jean, and honestly, I don't even remember what this is about. But he just spoke about it with such passion, and everyone has to read this that I was like, okay. that's I don't you know you sound like you really believe in this book so I'm gonna believe you there (laughs) let me just read the description he is a very passionate speaker so I I feel like he's he's a good like bookseller he almost kind of reminds me of like a carny but for books Mm. you know what I mean the way he talks in his videos is so dramatic and so I mean I love it like in an absolutely positive way Mm. it's so like Come get him, you yeah, know, like yeah. this book. You got to get it. You got to try it out. It's just fantastic. I don't yeah, know. He's no, just no, got this yeah. really animated voice. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Okay. <laughs> I immediately think of a carny worker. Nice, nice. And then the other two books I had were Stephen Fry is coming out with, like I said earlier, right. and, uh, the fourth installment in his in his Stephen Fry's Great Mythology series. And this one is called The Odyssey because it's about the Odyssey. So I have added that to my TBR because it's going to be published later this month and I'm excited. And then the last one is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut because we spent so much time laughing about it 
uh, in the last episode and I was like, you know what, I've been wanting to read Kurt Vonnegut and that's the one that seems to be like the only name, like a book name that I immediately recognize right. of his. So I was like, oh, let's add that too. Why not? Not a bad place to start. As he is my favorite author, that is absolutely one of his best books. Probably my second favorite of his books. After The Sirens of Titan. That's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so I'm done with my TBR and haul, so I think we are now entering our final episode in the Flip the Page Challenge journey that we've been going through. So as a recap, uh, Nino is now Douglas from New York City, now living in England, uh, ex-weatherman, now travel agent, married to Katniss, you had a lovely honeymoon in Yorkshire, during which you conceived a little baby Pablo, who later on you decided to give a monkey as a pet, and then sent to Slaughterhouse-Five for schooling. In the meantime, I have become Romeo. I, I am from and live in England. I am a travel agent. I'm married to Ella. We had a lovely, holiday, uh, lovely honeymoon in Naples, where we conceived our baby Darrow. We got him a pet dingo. Kind of. We kind of just ended up with the pet dingo. And uh, we're sending him to Hogwarts because he's awesome. And while because now you're better parents kids... than... <laughs> you're better parents than Katniss and I. Oh, not necessarily true. We just happen to have a magical child. So he, the zoning laws Ugh. don't apply for so us. So setting. Yeah, anyway. So um, and now that both our kids are in school, we have a lot of spare time on our hands. And so we started a joint YouTube channel, Douglas and Romeo, bringing you the universe. And we talk about space and Greek mythology. Oh yeah, I'm into it. And that is where we left off. <laughs> so. We have an epic, an epic tale ahead of us to conclude this week. Yes, we have seven questions left. So do you want to... I'm shocked. Like, where are all these questions coming from? Seven more questions. We've already done, like, 12 questions. I know. <laughs> he went all out on this Tag Just Super Reader. And I, I really, I love him for it. I really do. So, for the first uh, prompt for today, we have find the book using your coordinates, flip the page to the number you were given, and using words from that page, create a YouTube channel name. Oh, Okay. So yours, okay, so wait, if we have a joint YouTube channel, does that mean we should start alternating the prompts so that only one of us is doing? Sure, sure. That might also... I don't know how much it would apply to all of the following questions, but at least for this one, maybe maybe we'll both do one and use words from both of our descriptions. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so... let's do that. All right, uh, so your year is 2010. I don't know how many you have in that year, so I may not give you a month yet. We'll see. <laughs> okay, let's see. 2010. I have three books. Okay, uh, let's go number two. Beezus and Ramona. Ah, by Beverly Cleary. Such a cute book. Did you ever read the Beverly Cleary books? No. Ah, she is just a, such a classic. She was probably a writer most, like, uh, she was a writer in the 50s wrote a lot oh. of children's novels that honestly are very, like, contemporary, or maybe not contemporary is the word, but um, timeless, you know? Cool. I think Ariel Bissett actually is really obsessed with one of her books 
she talks about it often, the one called 15. Yeah, that she does ring a bell. Pretty, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, all these really just simple, cute uh, chapter book type stories, you know? So, quick description is Beasus and Ramona. Beasus Quimby tries very hard to be patient with her little sister, but four-year-old Ramona has the habit of doing the most unpredictable, annoying, embarrassing things in the world. Sometimes Beasus doesn't like Ramona very much, and that makes her feel very guilty. Sisters are supposed to love each other, but pesky little Ramona just doesn't seem very lovable to Beasus. Wow, that is such a rough description of this book. I mean, it's an adorable story of their, like, sisterly you know, fights and also mm. sisterly love. But anyway, that's that's just to give you a taste of what we've got going on over here. Let's mm-hmm. hear yours and then see how we might combine them. Yours right. might end up just being a better name because I don't see so much jumping out at me from that description. Okay. The first thing that's jumping out at me is that Ramona and Romeo have some right commonalities in letters and sounds, so maybe we can do something with that. Who knows? But... Uh, okay, so my year is 2015, and my month is October. Oh, and we've hit my first no books month. Oh, I, yeah. I only read 24 books in 2015, so the, the odds of <laughs> my having read a book in every single one of those months was a bit lower. Let's 24 try. books is still quite a number. I have some years, I think, that have seven. Or this year had oh. three, but of course, 2010, I was quite young. So even, well, I think, yeah. like, later years, I only have so many. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. November. Let's try that. Okay. I have three books in November. Oh, I can now see. I can now see why I didn't have a book in October. It's because one of the books, like the first book um, that I have listed for November, is very long. So I was probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's not as long as I thought it was. It was intense though. Anyway. Uh, which gotcha, one? Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So I'm gonna go with one because you really sold it there. What was this intense book? Unfortunately, uh, I count them starting from a different end of the screen as what you, as oh. what I was just talking about, uh, because they list them backwards on Storygraph in right, terms of how right. recently you read them. So okay, can uh, I change my answer to number three then? <laughs> I want to know what this book is. Okay, all right, fine. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge you mostly because the other option would have been a two star book. So um, <laughs> okay. So this, so number three is We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver, uh, which is, it's a thriller Mm. and I'm trying to figure out what I can say without it being a spoiler. It's very, very dark. Gotcha. I'll just read, yeah, I'll just read the description. Now a major motion picture by Lynn Ramsey starring Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley, which I need to watch. That's just reminded me. Lionel Shriver's resonant story of a mother's unsettling quest to understand her teenage son's deadly violence, her own ambivalence toward motherhood, and the explosive link between them reverberates with the haunting power of high hopes shattered by dark realities. Oh, wow. Okay. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that got a four star rating from me. That was back in the days before I was doing like the quarter stars. So it actually potentially is higher. I might reread that at some point. But yeah, it's it's a lot. But it was really good. Anyway, that's very two extremely different moods for yeah <laughs> the books that we, that we have there. To me, Kevin is such a comical name or like, I don't know, it's just like a very lighthearted name so when you said that I did not like connect it with the idea of like a thriller novel 
but now that you said it, I'm like, yeah, okay, no, you I get feel... you get over that. <laughs> you get over that impression very quickly. Okay, so we need to talk about Kevin, Ramona, and Beezus. Okay, that is not giving us a lot to work with. I do like the we need to talk about. Yes, no, I think that actually that's what I was thinking as well. We need to talk about Rom. Ro- Romeo and Douglas. That uses <laughs> enough of the letters of... That'll do. I right? think that works. I think that actually works great. We need to talk about Romeo and Douglas. Although, I, maybe it's not good to reference a story in which we are relating ourselves to a violent teenager. Like a deadly violent... <laughs> well, I mean, no one has to know that that's where we got the name from. Except that we're publishing we it just... publicly. Well... <laughs> Well, okay, I know, this is a fictional world, but, but, let, let's think for just a second, is there another play that we can make off of that, just to put us one step further? We need to talk about, well, okay, I can imagine, like, an actual YouTube channel being named We Need to Talk About This, you know? Like, Romeo and Douglas talk about the universe? Yeah, well, okay. It's a bit boring. No, no, I like that. I'm, I'm just thinking, the thing is, the whole universe slogan of our podcast mostly has to do with my space aspect and less so has to do with your Greek That's god true. aspect. And so I'm wondering, That's true. Uh, Romeo and Douglas need to talk about it. It just being open-ended, giving us yep. full range of all topics. Romeo yeah, and Douglas okay. need to talk about it. I like that. I like that. that. Actually no, that's works. Ring as an yeah. actual YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, for our official channel name, it might have to be shortened because that's long. But, like, that can <laughs> definitely be, like, our title card YouTube channel name. Sure, than, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. That sounds good. Moving on? <laughs> Let's do it. Next prompt is number 14. Find the book using your coordinates. Flip to the page number you were given, and the first piece of dialogue you see is how you'll greet your viewers each time you start a video. Oh, okay. Uh, okay so we'll so, do another combo, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, your year is 2022, and your month is August. Okay, perfect. Good thing it's uh, a month that's happened. I have, whoa, 14 books in August August was a heavy reading month. That so was that I, was your uh, your graphic novel month, wasn't it? Or your, that and, was my graphic your... and my um, two times Lauren speed Oliver. audiobook. Yeah, Lauren yeah. Oliver month. Yep. No, so I nice. <laughs> actually now that I'm looking at it. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six graphic novels, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven audiobooks. Nice. Only one physical book in that month. Nice. But anyway, nice. nonetheless, 14, you have your run of the oh. gambit. Oh, love it. Let's go with number 11. The Hollow Heart by Marie Kuski. Cool. I can give a quick uh, read of the description before we go over yours. Mm-hmm. So this is the second, actually, in a series, so it might be difficult to read this description. Let me let me read it in a... If there are any, like, major spoilers, then I'll tell you to cut them out. But mm-hmm. at the end of the minute lie, Nareem... Uh, uh, well, okay. <laughs> there we go. Maybe I should Yeah, maybe this. not, yeah. That's okay. Let's just go with the name. Um, we ended up sure, just using the, the names for the last one anyway, so... That works for me. Um, Let's see what we get from yours. All right. So I have 2019... 
and March. Okay, uh, I only have one book in that month, so... Uh, That's the one. That, yep. And that I choose book it. Is, <laughs> uh, and that book is The Trauma Cleaner, One Woman's Extraordinary Life in the Business of Death, Decay, and Disaster by Sarah Krasnostein, nice. which is a non-fiction biography. Fan- fantastically interesting book, by the way. A, sl- a slight theme going on in my... In my books today. <laughs> I think there's something in the universe is telling me that there's a bad day about to happen, I reckon. Oh, no. Um, okay, so we've got The Trauma Cleaner and Hollow Heart, was it? The Hollow Heart, yep. Um, okay. And I'm thinking we need to first name our viewers, right? Like, hey, so-and-so. And so the first thing we need is, like, an adjective. And then, then like, a noun. So, like, the... Blank blanks. You know what I'm talking about? So hey, hollow. Hearts. Hey clean heart. Oh, okay, that's even better. I was gonna say hey hollow trauma. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. No, okay. That is terrible. Hey clean hearts. Uh, and I like that it's like, you know, um they're innocent. They're just innocent explorers yeah, of the yeah. universe looking to learn yeah. more about our origins. Anyway. Yeah. Hello, clean hearts. Oh my god, that just came to me. I'm a genius. <laughs> Tell me I'm a genius. <laughs> oh dear. I think that works beautifully. I think we I'm... nailed it. And by we, I mean me. I nailed it. <laughs> you I, broke me. I, I broke the system. You broke me. I, Hello, I was not expecting that. Listeners, I don't know if you'll fully understand the comedy of that moment because Nina's face... <laughs> She, uh, Nina just looked so pleased with herself for this pun that it I broke me confirm. a little. I can confirm I was quite pleased with myself and uh, remain so. So I think we have it. That's, uh, we can move on now. All right, cool. Um, I love it. That's great. I, there was, okay. I remember, um, actually, I think what, what brought me to that was that there was a booktuber or maybe just a, a YouTuber of some kind who would start all of their videos saying, like, hello, but, like, in a way that really sounded like hollow. And I can't quite remember who it is. That rings a vague bell, actually. But anyway. Number 15. You've decided to write a book. Find the book using the coordinates. Flip the page to the page number you were given. And using words from that page, create a book title. Okay, cool. Well, now we can go separate books. Perfect. Because... We don't need to be writing a book together. I think the YouTube channel together is enough. I think that might be a strain on our friendship if we try and yeah, write a book and together as well. If we're writing a book as YouTubers, we're clearly trying to monetize the heck out of the situation. So two books, twice the profit. Oh, I mean, I was thinking of that as being a different <laughs> project, but sure. <laughs> oh, I was imagining booktuber memoirs. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, that's possibly what Jesse meant, but... That is not where my mind was going. So. <laughs> um, okay, well, your year is 2018. And I'm still trying month... to figure this. Hello. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Okay, sorry. You might, my, you 2018. might have to let it go, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I don't think I will, though. That's the thing. Anyway. <laughs> <month>. <laughs> 
We have 13 total books for the year of 2018. So okay. let's hope that you choose a month that, or that the timer, that, or that the, whatever the system you or that the generator the chooses a month that yeah. I've actually uh, read a book yeah. for. We'll see. Uh, May. Oh my god, I found it. I found it in my head. Not the oh. book. I'm The channel. The channel. I found it. Sorry. <laughs> this episode is off the rails. <laughs> okay, I just I just have to say it really quickly. So, I don't know if you ever followed this. Uh, do, do you know? Um, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. She's a nail artist um, who loved holographic nail polish. Oh, uh, Simply she, Nail Logical? Simply Nail Logical. That's where I never, it came from. I never watched her videos, but I she I watched Sophia Nygaard's channel, and she was mm-hmm. featured in a few of her videos. So that's why I right. know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. sorry, that was gonna kill me, and I finally got it out. Simply Neological <laughs> would start her videos because she loved holographic nail polish as like hello everyone um, oh, or something like this. Okay. All so right. cool. Anyway. We have one book in the month of May, <laughs> if we want to <laughs> go on with this chaos. <laughs> it is okay. Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders. A really good book, by the way. That has a very interesting name. Yeah, so it is a story about President Abraham Lincoln who lost one of his sons to some sort of disease, you know, common at the time. And he had a really difficult period of grieving because it coincided with some really turbulent times in his presidency. And so he spent a lot of time at the cemetery, the Bardo, where his son was. And it's, it's quite interesting because half of the book, it flips between perspectives. But one perspective is a, like a play-written style dialogue between different ghosts in the cemetery who are observing Lincoln sort of grieving over his son. And I think the son is one of the ghosts, maybe I can't quite remember. And then the second half is, or it's not like split half and half. It's like they alternate chapters, Mm -hmm. but the other chapters are primary source documents of like events happening that Lincoln attended or hosted or speeches he gave or things like that at the same time to keep a chronological timeline of what was going on as he was experiencing this grief. Interesting. It was actually, you know, maybe it sounds a little historical, but I found it quite uh, engaging and compelling. Cool. Okay, so... what's so, your book title going to be, I guess, from, uh, from the description? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm Unless you want to just dis- rearrange words from... Oh, I guess you can't really rearrange words from that title. <laughs> Bardo and the Lincoln? <laughs> yeah. Let me just read Bardo the first the Lincoln paragraph. <laughs> Uh, Let me just read the first paragraph of this description and see if I get anything from there. February 1862, the Civil War is less than a year old. The fighting has begun in earnest, and the nation has begun to realize it is in for a long, bloody struggle. Meanwhile, President Lincoln's beloved 11-year-old son, Willie, lies upstairs in the White House gravely ill. In a matter of days, desperate, um, despite predictions of a recovery, Willie dies and is laid to rest in Georgetown Cemetery. My poor boy, he was too good for this earth, the president says at this time. God has called oh, him Oh, hey, home. dialogue. Kind of. Oh. But wait, we're not doing dialogue. We moved on. Yeah, Remember, we are. We already have... I thought we were doing book titles. Yeah, yeah, but it said it, it wanted you to get the prompt from dialogue, didn't it? The first line of dialogue? 
I thought the first line of dialogue was the prompt for our introduction to YouTubers. Let me just reread. Number 15, you've decided to write a book. Find a book using a coordinates, flip to the page number you were given. Using words from that page, create a book title. Oh, just so using think, words from that page. Okay. I think the dialogue one was the one previous. Um, okay, all right. I got so excited for this <laughs> The first time we've had dialogue. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I would say... The words that are jumping out to me are stricken and uh, beloved and okay so I'm thinking beloved is the first word as a good like adjective to start right Mm -hmm. beloved beloved purgatory Ooh, okay beloved purgatory and I think that's going to really maybe it doesn't have to be like a YouTube memoir but it's going to be on brand for me as like a space person and just like an explorer of the universe Mm. because I feel like that's a very like I don't know that's an intriguing way to maybe describe our world beloved purgatory I love it that's great that sounds really good uh so my year is 2015 and my month is September. I have four books. Number four. Number four is Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together, which is number four in the Scott Pilgrim graphic novel series. Well, perfect. Which I believe are the only graphic novels I've read other than... Well, no, that's not true. I've read others, but like, I, I they're the only ones I own, like, physically. Gotcha. So... Um, I love them. They're great. I haven't actually read them. I'll have to put them on my TBR. I should actually. I should reread those. They're so good. So, Scott Pilgrim gets it together. What's the description? That's right, folks. Put down the video game controller. Skip that rehearsal for your band. Make whatever sacrifices you must to those comic gods you hold so dear. Just make sure you're ready because Brian, Leo, Malley, and Scott Pilgrim are back! <laughs> <laughs> Is the start of it. Well, a couple months have passed since the last time we caught up with our intrepid hero, but what can change in a few short months? Well, not much has. <laughs> Scott's still living with his roommate Wallace Wells, he's still playing in a mediocre rock band called Sex bob and most importantly, he's still dating the lovely Ramona Flowers while working his way through the gaggle of super-powered, super-stylish, super-evil ex-boyfriends determined to take him down. But something is different. Don't look now, but Scott Pilgrim may actually be getting it together, and it's a good thing too, because Scott is about to confront Ramona's most intimidating ex yet. These books are so <laughs> fun. God, this just makes me want to reread those now. I'll, I'll get back to I'll get around to those in my rereading project at some point, maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> okay, so I've got a lot to work with here. I think mine's going to be a much more punchy kind of vibe, maybe. Sure. Yours is, yours is more reflective I feel like I feel like we've switched personalities almost for these book titles <laughs> Romeo wants Ro- Romeo and is trying to break out of his shell a little more and Douglas is trying to kind of smooth things out a little you know aging uh, growing as we age you know sure sure I like super powered I like mediocre superpower can I change the tense of super powered <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Why I not? change it from a verb to a not a not a tense. I change it from a verb to a noun. Gotcha, Medio- gotcha. Mediocre, mediocre superpower. superpower. Absolutely. I think that's. And what, what is the title. mediocre superpower that you're referencing? Ooh. Uh, I love an probably something like that. Yeah. Probably something like the ability to know when 
to know what all the lottery numbers are, but you only get to find out, like, five minutes before it's drawn, so it's already too late. <laughs> something like that is coming to my mind. Like, something where it's like, you've got the superpower, but it's just like, oh, man, like, like you know things, you know, oh, maybe it's more broad than that. Maybe you know things that are going to happen in the future, but they happen in the very near future. Mm-hmm. So, like, in some ways it's a fun superpower because you can just say, like, bless you, and then a couple of seconds later someone will sneeze and it'll freak them out. That kind of deal. But... In the meantime, it's not actually that useful <laughs> for helping change the world at all. <laughs> and then maybe the story could be... Because this mine's obviously a novel. So, you know, maybe the story could be that, you know, that there's, there's... You know, I get really bored with my life of being only a mediocre superhero. And then all of a sudden there's a situation where I find out something and I might actually have time to stop it. <laughs> so. Love that. Yeah. Cool. All right. I said, I love how I keep saying I, the hero of my novel. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you can tell you can tell that whenever I do write, it's always in first person. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. What's prompt number? What are we up to? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yes. That is number sixteen. Find the book using your coordinates. Flip the page to the page number you were given, and the first line you see will be the opening line of your book. So your year is 2011, 2011, and that's an early year, so I might wait to see how many books you've got in the year before I generate a month. We have 14 books there. Let's give okay. it a shot. All right. Uh, July? No. <laughs> okay. Um, how about maybe just go f- September? No, maybe just go from 14. I think that'll be the okay. most successful. Uh, let's... Oh, I've got a 14 choice again. Let's go <laughs> with number seven this time. Number seven, Athena the Brain of the Goddess Girl series. It's a okay. like elementary, middle grade series that's like the Greek goddesses, but in high school. It's, from my memory, absolutely fantastic. That sounds really fun. And the first one is from the perspective of Athena, who is just starting at the high school. and She's, she's a new girl trying to find her place, you know? Cool. So what's the I'll first I'll read line? the description. Athena has always been above average. That's that's the that's first a decent, line. That's a decent opening line for a book. Athena has always been above average. That's the first line in Beloved Purgatory. Cool. I think you've just turned it from a uh, a nonfiction into a sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> at the very least, a fiction. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Sounds I'll, like I'll a sci-fi to me, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. So my year is twenty nineteen. My month is June, and I have. Two books. Number one. Cool. Number one is Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars, A Dangerous Trans Girl's Confabulous Memoir. Ooh. Uh, which I think was... I'm trying to remember why I read this one. I think it was in, like, you know, Emma Watson um, has a, like, a book... Well, she had a book club, um, Our Shared Shelf, I think it was called, um, that ran through Goodreads. I did not know that, but that's awesome. Yeah, she... I, I don't think it's active anymore or at least she's not involved in it anymore but it's basically like highlighting women and this is a trans woman that's awesome it was slightly disappointing not gonna lie i gave that one a three but really yeah it's it's why i well it's short uh and so it doesn't really have she doesn't really go into things enough from memory i don't know i i Mm. it was fine and it is it's yeah oh wait no hang on it's not wait it says fiction 
Is this a fictional memoir? It's very possible that that's an incorrect labeling on Storygraph because I think I remember Narnia was listed as nonfiction and I sent in a request to them for like an update and I was like, as much as I wish this to be true, it is definitely fiction. That's hilarious. Yeah, it says fiction and magical realism, Hmm. which that can't be right because I do not. Anyway, that's interesting. Hmm. That's a weird one. What's okay. our first anyway, line? Moving on. Here's Femme's and Notorious Liars, a dangerous trans girl's confabulous memoir by Kai Cheng. Tom is the highly sensational, ultra-exciting, sort of true coming-of-age story of a young Asian trans girl, pathological liar and kung fu expert who runs away from her, uh, from her parents' abusive home in a rainy city called Gloom. Now that I'm reading this, it sounds a bit more like fiction than I remember. Hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely <laughs> sounds like fiction. But I, I love the concept. I think I must have missed something when I was reading this. <laughs> Maybe you were like, there's because something unrealistic here. <laughs> I, my mind is blown right now. Is this, was this book fiction the whole time? I could have sworn it's, well, it's at least based on her real life. I knew that there were bits of it that were exaggerated, but maybe that's why it's classed as fiction is because it's not a true mem- a true to life memoir. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any magical realism though. I don't know what that's about. Anyway, I don't know. Okay, well the the next line is under the wings of this fierce and fabulous flock, dearly blossoms into the woman she has always dreamed of being, with a little help from the unscrupulous Doctor Crocodile. When one of their number is brutally murdered, the protagonist joins her sisters in forming a vigilante gang to fight back against the transphobes, violent johns, and cops that stalk the street of miracles. But when things go terribly wrong, she must find the truth within herself in order to stop the violence and discover what it really means to grow up and find your family. I'm, I'm remembering more of this now. I think it was a kind of a memoir hidden inside a story, like kind of almost like an, an, an analogy kind of situation. I'm very intrigued by this concept, and actually I'm going to add it to my TBR, despite the low rating, just because I'm curious. Yeah, you may get more out of it than I did, because I was going into it expecting it to be an actual memoir, Ah. not a fictionalized memoir, so that may be why I didn't like it, but I also just vaguely remember the writing irritating me. Mm. Anyway, but obviously not enough that I gave it below a three, so I can't... None of that sounds like an opening line to a book, though. Let's see, I just pulled it up. I'm really drawn to Street of Miracles. Striking off on her own, she finds her true family in a group of larger-than-life trans femmes who live in a mysterious pleasure district known only as the Street of Miracles. All these sentences are very long for an opening sentence. Right, right. Maybe we can change some words here. So, like, in the last line it says what it really means to grow up and find your family. Maybe you can turn that into a question Mm. and say... What does it really mean to grow up and find your family? Ooh. You know? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, It changes the story I was thinking of. (laughs) That's the fun of this challenge. We did not know that we would get here when we started, did we? (laughs) Nope. Okay. I believe we are ready to move on to number 17. Mm -hmm. Number 17. Plot twist, the reason you even created the new identity for yourself is because a killer was after you. Now that you're a mega famous author and YouTuber, they've tracked you down again and you're coming and they're coming for you. Find the book using your coordinates, flip to the page number you were given, and the first character you see will be your killer. 
Whoa. Okay, I did not read these beforehand. This really caught me off guard. What the heck? That took a turn. All right. I, wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. So well, now we're running for year, our life. Yep. Your year is 2018. Gotcha. And your month is October. This is a uh, poorly read year, but actually there is one book in October. Okay, so we've narrowed it down to one book. Oh gosh, it's a it's a book. It's called Why We Broke Up by Daniel Handler. It's actually a quite interesting reading experience because it's got some illustrations in it, but it's mostly written. Um, Daniel Handler, if you don't know, is Lemony Snicket. That's oh, okay. Lemony Snicket's real name. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I remember reading this after a breakup and just being like, Oh, give me the answers. Tell me why we broke up. You know, obviously this book has nothing to do with my actual relationship, but I'm like, I just need someone to give me some guidance because I'm so lost and confused. And so I read this book and gosh, it didn't help because Mm. it just sort of highlights the fact that we break up for such arbitrary reasons or because people suck or because whatever happens, life happens. And that just... I guess was what I needed to hear, but wasn't necessarily what I wanted to hear, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. So, I, okay, I've got two names in the first sentence, and one of them's clearly a much better killer name. We have Min Green, and we have Ed Slaterton. Ed Slaterton is clearly a killer name. Yep. Min Green, she's like the nerdy one in the back of the class where, I mean, I don't actually remember if this is her character at all, but Ed Slaterton is absolutely my killer. Slater Slaterton sounds like a, a a jockey enough name that they that I want to believe that they're an asshole. Right, so right. And let works. me uh, spoiler alert: he is. <laughs> they broke up for a good reason. <laughs> My year is twenty fifteen, and. My month is September. Oh, it yeah, we we um I've had this month previously. We um that's where the Scott Pilgrim book came from. Mm. So that was number four you chose last time, so now you've got options one to three. Let's go with number one. Alright, number one is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. Have we done this one before? Not for this Oh, so uh, you reread it. No, no, we, we spoke about it uh in a previ- in like one of our first tags, I think. Oh, okay. um, as the book that I don't remember anything about. Right, right. It was the yeah, yeah. That's right. For the social media tag, it was my MySpace. Got uh, it. Because I couldn't remember anything about it. Yeah. I will reread it at some point, but yeah. Okay, Greg Gaines. Greg is my Gaines. Killer. Okay, that, that's got some killer vibes. That's got some like Greg Gaines. You know, yeah. uh, maybe angsty teen. Bad, you know. I mean, not that I want to imagine people as killers, but. <laughs> I, I can imagine that name as a killer name, whatever that means. Okay. Cool. Number 18. Second to last prompt before we close the page, or before we turn the page on this story hey. that we've crafted. Yes. <laughs> Had to fit one more pun in there, just in case. <laughs> 18. One day you're setting up to film a YouTube video when you're suddenly struck by the killer. Find the book using your coordinates, flip to the page number you were given and the first object you come across is what they use to kill you wait i died what about my kid what about my monkey what about my whole life wow okay it's okay Kat, uh, Kat, katniss will have to look after them gosh poor on. katniss yeah this is so tragic okay so your year is 2017 and your month is july i have nine books for the year 2017 so let's see how this goes oh Okay. 
Oh, I have one for July. Yay! Oh, oh, actually, this is, this was a, this, oh, okay, never mind, I take it back. I was going to say this would be a great killer name, but we're not on that one. <laughs> it's The Stranger. Ah. Okay, so the first object, I'm going to read the description. Is that, is that by, just, just, just to check for my note, for the sake of my notes. By the way, uh, listeners, in case you haven't noticed already, we have, uh, in, our, in our show notes for each episode, we have all the books that we talk about listed, so... That, uh, I just realized I should have actually mentioned that at some point out loud. Especially when it comes to this uh, but challenge, anyway. but also in general. That is a valiant effort, Emma. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, it's my pleasure. Um, so is that the Albert Camus book? It is Albert. Yeah. Since it was first published in English in 1946, Albert Camus' first novel, The Stranger, has had a profound impact on millions of American readers throughout its story of an American of an ordinary man who gets unwittingly drawn into a senseless murder on a sun-drenched Algerian beach. Camus explored what he termed the nakedness of man faced with the absurd. Now, in an illuminating new American translation, extraordinary for the exactitude and clarity, the original intent of The Stranger is made more immediate. The haunting novel has been given a new life for generations to come. Um, okay. The only noun I'm seeing is novel, which Mm -hmm. feels so full circle. I can't turn my back on it. So Mm -hmm. I really think I'm, you know, in my, in my room filming my YouTube video. I think that's what the prompt was saying. And I'm behind my wall of books. Not that I actually have one in real life, but like, let's pretend I do. Um, (laughs) Douglas has one. Douglas, exactly. Douglas. We're not talking about me. We're talking about Douglas. Douglas has a wall of books. And one of them is just ripped off the shelf and really violently uh, jabbed into my into my head or something like that. Yeah, you you get bludgeoned to death by a big novel. Exactly, that's why people yeah. have big book fear. Sure. <laughs> okay, so my year is twenty eighteen. My month is May. I have three books. Number one. Number one. <laughs> How to Practice the Way to a Meaningful Life by the Dalai Lama. Oh my um, gosh. That's funny. That's so funny. That's prompt. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> How will the Dalai Lama uh, play a role well, in your killing? The first, the first object I have is also, like, it says in this very special book. So I think we're getting bludgeoned, we're both getting bludgeoned to death, which makes sense, actually, because if we're recording a YouTube video, we do that together. Yeah, that makes sense. So someone, someone is out to kill both of us and has taken the heaviest novel that Douglas owns while we're shooting and uh, has just bludgeoned us both to death. So since we have two separate killers, they had to like team up against us. Yes. And right. I'd like yes. to imagine they each grab a book and, I mean, I would like to imagine, um, and take a They kind of simultaneously, it's a very comic way to go down, like having people simultaneously come up behind you and whack you on the head with a book in, in sync. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, so what's, are we on the final one now? <laughs> 19th and finally, we have find the book okay. using your coordinates, flip the page to the page number, you were given, and the first line you see will go on your tombstone. Wow, ending on a somber note, but I'm I'm ready to to end the story and 
see how Douglas will be remembered. All right, so your year is 2019, and your month is November. Oh, zero books. Oh. Uh, I don't have a tombstone. No, okay, try try another month. <laughs> okay, October? Again, zero books. How about February? Yes, one book. Okay, it is A Spy in the House of Love by Aeneas Nin. Nice. Um, this is a beautifully poetic book to have a quote from on my tombstone. Let's see. In this sensual man- masterpiece by the world-famous writer and confidant of the avant-garde, it explores the inner worlds of a fascinating and complex woman as her fevered quest for fulfillment drives her from lover to lover. And Nan captures the glories and tremors of passionate encounters in images of startling emotional truth. Her novel is deeply moving. Is a deeply moving record of a modern woman's journey towards self-discovery. Okay, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I'm feeling like fascinating and complex woman douglas was a fascinating and complex woman (laughs) plot twist maybe you could just say fascinating and complex if you i like it i like it okay here here, the full sentence is it explores the inner world of a fascinating and complex woman so what if i said explorer of a fascinating and complex inner world Ooh, i like that that's definitely how i'd like to be remembered so I'll take makes it. You, it makes you sound a little selfish <laughs> uh, that that was the thing that you were known for, was exploring yourself, <laughs> your own inner world. Especially since you were also interested in the universe. But, you know, well, it works. no one said Douglas was perfect. No, certainly not. Douglas hasn't been perfect Especially in the not. past, and he continues yeah. not to be perfect <laughs> after life. His tombstone will reflect this. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, my year is 2021 and my month is December. December's usually a good reading month. Yep. Uh six books. Nice. Whoa. That might have been my biggest number to choose from. Possibly. I, yeah. I would say number I think that was Oh, that was the month I discovered uh I discovered audiobooks. <laughs> ah. There we go. Well, not the month. Not the month. Like I had I had discovered them a few months earlier, but I'd gotten really into them by this stage, so right. that's why there's so many. So, I'm going to go with number five. Number five, The Lost Man by Jane Harper. Uh, so that's a, uh, like a mystery thriller crime novel. Three brothers, one death, a fence line stretching to the horizon. I kind of love that. I kind of just love that as a tombstone, like epigraph or whatever you call it. Yeah, three brothers, one death, I'm the one death. Maybe you had two brothers. Yep, I wow. like it. That's a nice. That's a nice. A nice easy uh, place to to stop this challenge. I think <laughs> just go with. Just don't need to say any more. This was so fun. Thank you for uh, partaking with me. I'm so glad that we got to like look back and get a sense of like the all the books that we've read throughout time in our reading lives. It's been so nice. Yeah. It has, and thank you for uh, for finding and recommending this challenge for us. It's kept kept us busy for three episodes. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and I hope that listeners enjoyed it. We we certainly enjoyed creating it, so hopefully it was fun to listen to as well. And yeah, we'll have some different content next week, uh, but you'll have to wait and see what <laughs> that will be. A cliffhanger uh, for the first so. time in three weeks. <laughs> Yes. 
Perfect. Uh, all right. So thanks everyone for listening. We have been Books Without Borders. If you want to get in touch with us, we have an email address. You can contact us at bookswithoutborderspod at gmail.com. That's bookswithoutborderspod at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.